This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm gonna lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Nate Bailey here, leader of the Championship Leadership Podcast. And today, uh, just had a great time with Rachel Peterson, actually fellow Minnesotan. Uh, She lives not too far from me up in the Twin City area of Minnesota. And uh, Rachel, it was just a great time, a great conversation. Uh, She's the queen of social media, founder and CEO of an award-winning social media marketing agency, The Viral Touch founder and CEO of Social Media United. Rachel is a top social media marketer and consultant worldwide, viral sensation, leading authority on storytelling through social media and Facebook ads. Her journey began in 2016 while working in her nine to five. Actually, it was an eight to five day job with six months. Within six months, she replaced her income and built a clientele that she loved working with. Uh, she's she's a mother, a Minnesota mom of three, as she said. And uh, like I said, I just had an incredible time with her. Uh, you you really are going to enjoy this episode. And so with that, without further ado, as they say, here is Rachel Peterson. Hey, what's up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast here, and I, uh, I have a special episode here today, uh, a fellow Minnesotan, Minnesota, Rachel Peterson. She's a Minnesota mom of three. She owns a digital marketing agency and also has an online university. So thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of, out of your Friday, away from your family and your business to be here. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so... I always love asking this question right off the top is the name of the podcast. It's called Championship Leadership. And so what does that mean to you? Or yeah, um, what do you think of when you hear Championship Leadership? 
when I think of championship leadership, the first thing, and my husband would kill me for this because he's a huge Vikings fan, um, <laughs> the first thing that uh, comes into my mind is Tom Brady. And <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> you can probably understand why he's yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to this episode. Um, but I think about leaders that honestly don't need someone else to tell them how to show up, the level of excellence they need to deliver with. Um, I think of leaders who literally every single day are preparing to lead better tomorrow, looking at every single failure and turning it into a learning, uh, learning lesson, learning opportunity. Um, but they really improve every single day on their own. That's what I think mm -hmm. of a champion leader. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. And so is that something that you personally try to do yourself inside of your businesses and as a leader in your industry? Absolutely. Not just in my, our businesses, but in every area of my life. Yeah. And so I'm very aware <laughs> of my flaws. I'm very aware of the areas that I'm not comfortable with yet. The areas where I'm like, I'm not strong and I need to really look at this and discover what's stopping me from doing it and create a plan to change that. For example, <laughs> my whole life, I've been a late night owl that sleeps in. Mm. And that can kind of mess with things. I mean, you can, I think as a business owner, you can plan your life out around that. But I started to realize there was a pattern with everybody that I admired and everyone that was consistently successful. And so it was so hard, Nate. Like, oh, it was the hardest thing ever because I would sleep in until 10 or 11 and I'd wake up to all these emails and it felt like my day was just kind of sliding out of control. And this year, my new sleeping in is eight o'clock. So I'm really excited about that, but I've been waking up between five and six every day and starting out the day with a full on morning routine. I feel like I'm a totally different person, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, what's, what, tell the listeners real quick, just about yourself and your story and, yeah. and how you got from, you know, where you were to where you are today in life. So great. So I actually, let's see, the years are flying by a little now. Um, seven years ago, I was a single mom and I was actually on welfare. Um, I accidentally started the kid process before I meant to. And so I found myself a single mom at 20 yeah. years old. And that was kind of a, a two by four treatment. Um, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to be a provider. Um, but I stepped into the role and decided I was going to be the best mom I could be. And I, we didn't have any money, but I went back to school to become a hairstylist and went on to become an amazing hairstylist until one day a client asked me to help them out with their marketing. And I fell in love and literally it was marketing from then on. And that was four and a half years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No way. So yeah, well, you got to tell me more about that. You, you don't like it didn't just happen. Just one day they asked you to do marketing and not, at, know, all. Like, not at all. So yeah. I was but you have, that's a fast traje trajectory for where you are today though. So I, yeah, I mean, I really do want to hear that story. For sure. So it was about four and a half, five years ago, I was literally doing highlights and <laughs> the gal's talking to me and she says, can you show me your tweeter? And it freaked me out for a second. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what do you want to see? Sorry, huh? <laughs> it is not early enough. Um, I guess it, it, no, it's too early. Like, well, yeah. no, there's not a right time. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I realized that she was, you know, she was 
60 years old. She wasn't super comfortable <laughs> with social media. Um, she was talking about Twitter, of course. Twitter, of course. Her, yes. her husband bought a franchise, not a franchise. He wasn't a franchisee. He bought the franchisor. And oh, wow. They didn't know much about marketing. They just happened to acquire this franchise. And what was so crazy about it is it was something that used to be super famous in the Southeast. If anyone's from the Southeast, they know what Mrs. Winner's Chicken and Biscuits is. Really? I had never heard of it because I'm no, from Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've never heard of it. No. But they literally hired me to be kind of a consultant and I was so unqualified. All I knew is that I liked Shark Tank and I could look anything up. <laughs> and so I, I supported them as their business grew. And I took a leap of faith and applied for jobs in marketing with no degree, no experience. Um, I remember on this interview, this guy was like, the, the employer was, he said, tell me about your copy. I had no idea what, <laughs> what copy was. Yeah, and I was right. like, oh, I write the best copy. Great. <laughs> He's like, tell me about your copywriting skills. And I had just no clue what that was. So yeah. as soon as I left the building, I like Googled what is copy, <laughs> started diving into YouTube videos. And I ended up being a great copywriter for them. Uh -huh. But I, I got this itch to do something bigger. Um, during that time, uh, <laughs> I met my husband and our story is a little interesting. So we met and fell in love almost immediately. And seven days later, he's like, I'm in love with you. And I was like, I know, me too. And he's like, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Like, I think so too. Oh, wow. And so 13 days after we met, we eloped and got married. And Seriously, wow. Yeah. That is, that's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> it's really cool. And if yeah. my daughter's ever said that, I would freak out because. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's cool for me. Not for you. Exactly. <laughs> Don't do as I do, please. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've been married now just about six years and a couple days. Um, and we, we had our second child because I was already a single mom. We had our second child the first year of marriage. And now we have obviously a third kid. But we both kind of took a big leap of faith into careers. And Paul was a window washer. I was a hairstylist. We didn't make good money at all. Mm -hmm. And we jumped into corporate jobs that we were so not qualified for. And we worked our way up and he got promotion after promotion in just a really short time. It was crazy to see how it happened. But then when I started securing clients on the side, all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to replace our incomes. And first I replaced my income. It took me six months from securing my first like real consistent side gig to yeah. replace my income. And several months later I replaced his and wow. that was crazy. So we've been full time for just about not yet four years and we've had a crazy trajectory. So do you, you guys work together on the business? We do, yeah. but it wasn't that way at first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, it was when I started, so when we were pregnant with Dominic, um, we, it was me. It was so hard. Um, <laughs> I don't like pregnancy and I was uncomfortable and cranky and I pulled away from my team big time because I just 
was just not in a place to lead at that point. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just trying to make it through this pregnancy. And I was yeah. speaking on stages and putting in crazy hours and we were crushing it for clients, making clients all these massive returns. And I was like, I don't have extra to invest into people right now. I just got to keep everything going. And that's when Paul saw Rachel needs me. She, I, I have skills that she doesn't have and I can come in and support Um, even if it's just supporting the team that feels like their leader just walked out while she was pregnant and he did, he really stepped in. And now today he manages everything from operations on the the internal side of the business to finances, to hiring, firing. Um, he's been an amazing partner. We really, yeah, we complement each other well. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, so Take me back just real quick. What's the name of the chicken place? <laughs> Mrs. Winters Chicken. Mrs. Winters. Winters. Like it sounds amazing. I'm sure it's probably the best chicken you've ever had. I bet it is. <laughs> but so what did they see in you? Because I, you know, I, we talk about championship leaders. They, a championship leader is, is not looking for a bunch of followers, but looking to lift other leaders up. And can one of those strengths or characteristics would be to be able to identify leaders and, and your situation is uh, is definitely would fit in that where it's you didn't you didn't really have the qualifications or the experience so they saw something in you right. I, um, I love yeah. that you ask about that because that was a part of the story that always we don't talk about it as much and that couple their names are John and Jeannie Butelf they're amazing they're in Minnesota. Um, they instilled belief in me and I had no idea what was possible. So I, you know, I grew up in not poor area, but definitely not a place of wealth. And so I wasn't familiar with that, except I knew that the people who came into the hair salon had a lot of money. And so I remember like the first time I went to their house, it was this mansion. And I was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I'm here. This is crazy. They invited us to their parties. They had these beautiful dinner parties and there was just something so happy and peaceful. It wasn't the money. They were just happy, joyful, wonderful, uplifting people. And for my birthday that year, um, Jeannie bought me a pair of Kate Spade earrings and she handed it to me and I was, I started bawling instantly because that was the most expensive gift I had ever gotten. And, um, she looked at me and she said, today it's Kate Spade, but one day it will be Bulgari. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but thank you so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I have no idea either, but it sounds no, like it's, it's an upgrade. <laughs> massive upgrade. And then she gave me a book um, and it was, uh, I think it was from, from Shears to, I can't remember what it's called, but it was the story of how a great clips stylist worked her way up into being the CEO of the business. And she looked at me and she said, I could see you doing this. And wow. I didn't believe it. Yeah. And they instilled belief into me. Yeah. So. so is that something that you, you, you try to carry on? Um, oh, you know, in, for sure. you know, giving, it's not always about the resume or the experience or it's, it's more about like, yeah, who are you as a person and what are you willing to do and, yep. and seeing the potential in, in your team. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so would- powerful. I love that story. Thank you for sharing. Um, so obviously they would fit in this role of, but I was, I also like to ask, you know, who are some people that, that really step up to you either directly or indirectly that have really, really, really impacted you and where you are today? Yeah. in your life 
um, as a leader or a coach or a mentor? Definitely. There's a couple different people that have been absolutely instrumental in my journey. Um, obviously, John and Jeannie were a huge part of that. And then when I was starting to kind of do well in the business compared to everything we had ever known, but not compared to a lot of entrepreneurs, um, I went to Funnel Hacking Live and I saw this, this group of people walk in. And I just remember it. They walked in with such certainty. My dog's coming in to hang out. Yeah. Um, they walked in with such certainty. And I was like, what do they have? What is that? There's some, I don't know, je ne sais quoi about them. I, what is this? I need to know. Yeah. And so I, I like flagged down a ClickFunnels person. And I said, who are those people sitting at the front? <laughs> who are they? And how do, I, how do I become a part of them? Yeah. And they were like, that's our inner circle. And I was like, okay, great. What is the inner circle? I want in and they explained it was a $25,000 investment. And that was not, we didn't even have credit cards that allowed us to spend that, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I went home and I said to Paul, do you trust me? And he's like, yes, but that's not even possible. Uh -huh. um, and we found a way to get PayPal working capital financing. And I joined the inner circle and Russell Brunson, you know, I, I'm lucky to know him uh, and really know his heart. Yeah. He, saw in me I think what John and Jeannie saw and he believed in me and he saw that my family and my faith came first and yep. business was second or third depending on how you look at it and he gave me some advice at our first mastermind and he didn't know this at the time because I was hiding it desperately I couldn't even afford dinner at the inner circles and someone offered to pay for my dinner I was like thank goodness because our cards are all maxed yeah um, and he gave me advice and we ended up having a massive trajectory from that point on in terms of revenue, but also in terms of impact. It was crazy. A um, couple more people have been instrumental, Stacy and Paul Martino. They came in when business had put a lot of pressure on our marriage. And that was a low point in our marriage. Um, they really kind of like reached out as like the hand of Vlad and said, Hey, listen, you're going through a tough time. We see the other side. We're going to pull you through and mentor you through this. And literally they turned our marriage around in the last year and made everything that we have today possible. So that was a huge pivot point for us. And the third mentor that has been amazing um, is Bart Miller, who's actually a man of mystery. Most people have no clue who he is, but he's, <laughs> do you know who he is? No, I don't know. Okay. So he's, um, some people call him the billion dollar cowboy. He's, okay. the stylist, he's the stylist to Russell Brunson, to me, to a whole bunch of other people. Um, not today. I hope he also does not see this interview. <laughs> Friday. Um, but he also is like an incredible mentor. He builds online academies. He is a genius with sponsors. Um, he also has like an RV company. He has like all these crazy successful companies. And the way that he cared about me was so unbelievable. He saw me and Paul, he invited us to his house for his daughter's wedding and just invested so deeply that I was like, I need to hire you. And he said, I don't do coaching. And I said, you do now I'm hiring you. <laughs> he actually tried to fire me like seven times before we started. Cause he was like, no, I'm not working with you guys. But then finally he accepted and it has been incredible to see the path that our business has grown, uh, grown on since we started working with him. So there's been a couple of key points, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. What's up? We'll, we'll talk, Talk a little bit more. I know digital marketing agency, online university is pretty broad and, and uh, yep. maybe, maybe 
put some words to what that really is and, and what you really are doing uh, out in the marketplace today. Perfect. So digital marketing agency, I'm super passionate first and foremost about organic social media. Um, I love organic. Most people want to skip right past organic and go straight to paid ads, but there's some beautiful magic that happens in organic where you really learn your people. You get to know them. You understand their frustrations. You build deep relationships. So we start with organic social media with our clients and then take the organic strategies and blow it up with paid advertising. So that's what we do in our digital agency. And that's it. It's not all digital marketing, just that side of it. And then in the online university, specifically, I teach social media managers how to get their first or their next client and develop their skill set. And in my higher ticket program, I help anyone who works one-on-one -on -one with clients to build a business by design. Gotcha. That's yeah. great. So what's, you know, what's, what's the vision for you and your husband, um, you know, championship leaders vision is huge, right? It's yeah. the will, being able to see a lot of things that, that most people can't, or they might see it, but they're like really afraid and not willing to really go after it. Um, so yeah. yeah, what's that vision for you? So I'll say I'm not scared of all the visions because I've had big dreams since I was really young. Um, mm -hmm. And there was this crazy moment where I had this dinner with Gary Vaynerchuk while I was pregnant. And that was like our second or third interaction. And he <laughs> yelled at me in front of everyone. And <laughs> made me cry while I was pregnant. He, he seems um, to do that often. Yeah. <laughs> so he, but what he said was really true. He was yeah. like, you're so lost. Like you're talking about arbitrary numbers. You're talking about revenue, employee counts, right? None of that matters. And at the time I got really defensive and that's probably why I ended up crying because he wanted to break through that. Yeah. But what he said has started to really click over the last year and a half. And it's made more and more sense as we grow our business. Um, and there was a series of visions that became very clear. One was about this incredible vision, realizing it was, not about the money. It was about the people. I don't want to go too deep into that vision right now. Yeah. Um, and there was a second very clear message for me. And it was, no, I didn't say a million. I said a billion, mm. but here's the thing. So at first I thought that meant a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. And then one morning I woke up and it was like, I never said anything about money. That's yeah. lives. And I was like, yeah. okay, okay. I get it now. It yeah. all makes sense to me, you know? Right. So, yeah. And so, yeah, what, where are you at with that? I know you said you don't, uh, you know, getting scared or uh, it's not really something for you. You don't live necessarily in fear. So is it uh, more exciting to, to know that there's that, that vision or that, uh, that path laid out for you? Yeah, um, I will say I used to get scared, except that I remember, I think it was when I was in my teens, my dad said, if you pay attention, you'll notice that the nerves in your stomach of fear can feel a lot like excitement and butterflies. And so I started translating the feelings of fear into excitement. Mm -hmm. And that was a really key pivot for me. Um, and so I, I think I do feel fear. I just translate it as excitement. Um, but our plans just keep growing. Sorry, wait, what was the first part of the question? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was just talking about yeah. the vision, the billion people yep. I realize that you don't, you know, necessarily live in fear or, or really yep. scared by it, but, but, uh, just 
is it exciting? Does it really like drive you and get you going? Yeah. I, I will say that I don't see the whole path and I don't see how everything's going to come together. And I'm totally okay with that. That's been one interesting part of the process of being a leader is seeing the vision and trusting that the right people are going to come to you along the way to support the how. Um, yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk more about that because yep. I think that's what holds a lot of people back. They, yep. They're like, I don't know the, the whole plan or I have to have everything in place or, or yep. uh, I, I need to know exactly what the steps are before I can go out and do it. Right. Yeah. I, I think I was so naive when I started my business and not educated in entrepreneurship that I was not dumb, but naive enough to just launch a whole bunch of stuff and find something that worked. And so when everyone was like, here are all the steps you have to take, I was like, I don't know, I'm just going to do something and see if it works. And I tried enough stuff that things were working and people were like, no, that's not how you do it, but it worked. And so mm -hmm. I still do that sometimes. Um, people will say like, this is the eight step path to writing your book. Mm -hmm. And we wrote our book really fast. And then I sat on it for a year because I just wanted <laughs> to make sure it was the right timing. And then I woke up one day and I was like, it's time, let's go and launched our book in four weeks. You know, um, it's interesting because I, I don't see all the how, but there are little things that are uncovered along the way. And I know it sounds really like mysterious. Um, yeah. but I believe so strongly that everything is revealed in the right time and you have to have faith as a leader that you can just keep leading and the path will become clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's, um, what, what is a, a, a critical moment or like a turning point for you in your life where had you maybe gone the road that most would, right? versus maybe take the left instead of the right where you know it's a little less traveled i think championship level leaders are they're often willing to take that less traveled path because um because they're just willing to take to make those decisions and and, and be decisive and and execute and so is there a moment or two that that come up in your mind where had you not gone that path you, you wouldn't be where you are today maybe you're not even you know married and and doing what you do yeah. like is there something that sticks out to you that you could share with i think those are really those really connect with people because we all have those right yeah i do have to say marrying my husband was huge yeah um, yeah one thing that's really interesting nate is i was really broken when he met me uh -huh. so broken um i had just gotten out of a long relationship that was we had like picked up rings and dates and stuff. And that was my second engagement. And here I am a single mom and nothing's going according to plan. And the clock is ticking. Yeah. I didn't even have a solid career in place. I was in a really broken place. Um, so when I met Paul, I felt like he saw me and he created such a safe space for me to blossom into the person that I knew I was meant to be. And that was one turning point. And I'm so glad we didn't waste time being engaged and dating. I'm so glad that we jumped right into marriage. So we were all in. Um, I don't, I don't know what we were thinking, but I'm glad we didn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. was, that was one. And the other one was, um, the day that I went sober. So from 19 until 24, I was most of the time a pretty bad alcoholic mm -hmm. um, all day, all night hiding it, little flasks, you know, it was really out of control. I mean, I would have like a mason jar of wine every night before bed, just totally blackout. And that's so not okay. Yeah. Um, and then 
it was after our second daughter was born and then I got back into drinking and it was out of control this time and I was shaky. I went cold turkey sober one day and never looked back. Um, It's been five years now, almost five years. And so thank you. Thank you. So that was a huge pivot point for us because that's not long after so many things started to come into place, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you make that big decision and, you know, you you decide to, to, to completely take another path in in your life. And how hard has that been to, to continue? Like, yeah. um, You know, I, I have some friends that are, that are, they're struggling in this place too, but, but, and maybe it's not alcohol, but, but, you know, there's continually, there's going to be things that happen inside of your business, inside of your marriage, inside of your your life. And, and uh, for many of us, we have, we almost are looking for those as a way to like, you don't want to say that you're thankful for them, but some people can use those as uh, blocks to fall, fall back on or, or to be like, Oh, well, look what happened. Like, you know, it's, it's an excuse in a way. It's a way to justify not having to continue to push forward. So how how do you continue to deal with those things inside of your life? There's a couple different things that are interesting. Um, If I look logically at the patterns that were in my life when I was drinking, it was not, there was nothing, it didn't bring anything good. Does that make sense? Like I wouldn't even say for everyone it's awful, but I look at just, even people who, even me, when I socially drank, I'd be like, I'm waking up with a headache. I don't feel like I slept well. Um, my face is puffy. There were just so many things that I didn't, that I recognized that I didn't want in my life. And so, especially when it got really bad, I mean, I would black out and the next morning, I don't know what happened. And that would happen every single night. And my family would be like, did you know that you ate an entire pizza? And I'd be like, <laughs> no, I had no yeah. recollection. Um, and that was really scary to me because I, I have a, a history of alcoholics in my family. And I was like, I swore to myself, I would never fall into that pattern. Like that's not my life. And so logically now I can look at the patterns, but at that point in time, it, that's not an option. You don't see it until you're kind of out of it or have like an out of body experience. Um, but I will say that once I went cold Turkey and it it happened because I went into withdrawals at work and there was this day where I felt kind of sick to my stomach and I was like, I'm not going to drink at work today because everyone drank at work. Um, such, such a dangerous environment for alcoholics. (laughs) Uh, So I decided not to drink and suddenly my hands started shaking and I was like, no, oh my gosh, this is so much worse than I thought it was. And that's when I made a decision, I'm not going to look back. And I literally have not had a sip since that day. And what's interesting is there were a couple nights where it was really challenging, where I was like, I just want to drink. But the further I got away from it, the more I realized that I wanted to drink because I didn't want to face the truth. Mm -hmm. I didn't want those late night like thoughts about, am I who I want, who I'm supposed to be? Am I walking in integrity? Do I like the way I'm showing up? You know, are the things that are happening in my life a a result of my choices? Those really hard choices. um, I'm sorry, those really hard things you have to face when you're sober. It's like looking at yourself in a magnifying mirror for the first time. And you're like, whoa, that's what it looks like 
yeah. messy. Yeah. Um, and so it was first very humbling and now I love it. And so anytime I feel, cause yeah, I feel temptation sometimes to be like, well, you could whatever, right. Fill in the blank with whatever. It's not worth it to me because I'm like, if I do that, it means I'm running from some thought that is just waiting to be examined. Um, even if it's painful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, um, how does that translate to, you know, because there, there's things that happen in business all the time, right? That yeah. doesn't go the way you wanted it to, or the way that you thought it would, or that, yeah. you know, when you're building a team and, and you have a lot of different people involved, it's just inevitable that, that, yeah. uh, they're going to, there's going to be conflict that there's going to be, um, things that don't get done that say that, that were said that they were going to be done. And, and, okay. and so, yeah, how do you use that to drive you forward in a positive manner, like in dealing just with everything else that life throws at us? For sure. Um, it depends on how big the disappointment is. If it's yeah. a huge disappointment or a big setback, um, I'll just be straight up honest. I get away from everyone else and I sit with a big bowl of chocolate ice cream and I, <laughs> and I give myself total permission to cry for a while. Yeah. Um, and by a while, I mean a, an hour or two if I want and sure. journal and just write everything that I'm feeling in a moment of feeling sorry for myself. And then it's like, okay, I got all the tears out. Mm-hmm. I ate the chocolate ice cream makes me feel better. Um, I wrote all the poor me feelings. Now it's time for the plan of action because this happened for because of something, right? This yeah. happened because of a lack of communication or this happened because I failed to lead or failed to hire right or didn't have the right system in place. Yeah. So when, when you realize that everything comes back to you as a leader, yeah. you know exactly what to do next. You yeah, know? that's so true, right? I mean, because it, it does. And, uh, but there's not, not all leaders are, are willing to recognize that, right? They, not the great ones. They want to deflect and, and point the f- finger everywhere else but themselves. But yeah, to hear you say that, like, you know, you, as a leader, as an owner, we are 100% responsible no matter what. So, yep. And I also say too, like if you are willing to own everything, like your mistakes, the mistakes that led to other people's mistakes, I oftentimes find they're happier when the business is successful because they know that you're never going to throw someone under the bus to protect yeah. yourself. Right. Or protect your feelings or recognize that you're not an adequate leader. You don't have adequate systems. And there are days where I wish I could just blame someone so bad <laughs> just for a moment. And then yeah. it's like, that's actually not true. I'd rather yeah. deepen my capacity, you know? Right. Right. So. Very cool. Um, how long are you going to stay in Minnesota? This is totally off topic. That is a good question. Yeah. I think we're in Minnesota for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah are the really winters like, not getting just super old like they are for me? Um, are they? Are yeah, you feeling I grew, up, the- I grew up in Wisconsin and Minnesota my whole life, and I'm just yep. like, they, I don't. I love the snow. I love the seasons, but the cold is just really getting old. Okay, we travel a lot. Um, that helps. So yeah. That, yeah, that really does help. Um, oh, we travel a lot, but. I have to say, I think I'd be more likely to get like a Costa Rican self-sustaining farm and compound yeah. before I would move. And that would be like our second house and yeah. be down there once in a while and ride horses yeah. and, yeah, you know. Great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, for most Midwesterners, I think that's probably 
if they ever do leave, they almost always seem to come back too. So I don't yeah. know. That's probably true just about anywhere, I suppose. But uh, I yeah, you. I had to ask yeah. that. So yeah. um, I would like to wrap it up here by asking you just, you know, what are one, two, one or two things that you could leave with the listeners that they could actually really kind of take and apply quickly into their life to help them continue to move forward? A couple different things, and this will be helpful no matter what challenges you're facing. Number one, when you take inventory on anything, your weight, a photo, your finances, your profit, your systems, the clients that are staying, the clients that are leaving, it's all just data points, meaning mm. it's just a snapshot in time. You could change everything tomorrow. You could change everything in a week. This could just be a bad day or a bad month. But when you treat it all as data points, suddenly you're like, now we know where we can go from here. And it removes the emotional complication. Um, I really like that. That was huge for me starting to yeah, that's great. I love data that. Um, yeah. And that's one thing. And the second thing is once in a while, take some time to really reflect on your life. Am I pleased with my fitness? Am I yeah. pleased with my cleanliness? Am I pleased with uh, the relationships in my life? Um, because when you take true inventory, you look at those data points and you say, okay, I'm not pleased with this area. I know exactly what I need to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And don't forget to eat a tub of chocolate ice cream if you absolutely have to, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Try on the carpet with a <laughs> I'm never going to pretend like that's not a thing. That's totally a thing. <laughs> that's totally a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. I prefer like the, the moose tracks or whatever I think it is oh, with the caramel good. and the peanut butter cups good. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, thank you so much. Um, you know, if you could just real quick, let us know where we can find out more about you, your on online university and everything else that you're up to. Awesome. Everything you need to know or would ever want to know is on my website, rachelpeterson.com. That's all E's and a D in my last name. And everything from my social media to we put up so much content and value. It's all over my website. You can find anything you could ever want there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really do appreciate it. You have a great Thank day. You. Thank you, Nate. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer, we can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it, I probably already did it Consider it done If you need some inspiration you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey baby